0: Hi, I'm Prateek from Motormouth Media and this is Mind Over Pandemic. This is a show that deals with one very important question. How to keep yourself mentally healthy in this pandemic? And today, anxiety. A lot of times in our day-to-day lives, we hear the word anxiety being used quite a bit. While some of us do understand what it means from the perspective of a psychological condition, many of us do not. The American Psychological Association or the APA defines anxiety as an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts and physical changes like increased blood pressure. People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. The Indian Psychiatric Society says that the common features observed in anxiety disorders are panic disorder, phobias, obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD and post-traumatic stress disorder or PTSD. Some of these we have heard of and know a bit about, but some of them we have absolutely no clue of. In short, we are not really the experts we sometimes think we are, especially when it comes to psychological conditions. And so, As someone who has dealt with anxiety for a big portion of my own life, I decided to speak to someone who could help me understand more about it. As a journalist, I like to start from the basics and then make my way up. Today, we won't be delving too deep into the features of anxiety that I mentioned earlier. I'll come to those in later episodes since all of those conditions require detailed discussion and understanding. Today, we'll understand a little more about the basics of anxiety. I spoke to a therapist.
1: Hi, my name is Purba Sen. I am a counselling psychologist.
0: And Purba, with her decade-long experience, will share her knowledge about anxiety. Today, on Mind Over Pandemic. Welcome back to Mind Over Pandemic. I am Prateek Sharma. Joining me on the show today is Purba Sen, a counselling psychologist from Noida. And today, we're talking about anxiety. Hi Purba.
1: Hi Prateek. How are you? I'm alright, as everybody else is in the situation.
0: So let's jump straight into it. Let's start with what anxiety is. Purba says that anxiety is experienced at three levels. Physiologically,
1: when we feel anxious, there are certain sensations in the body, perhaps a stiffness somewhere.
0: Psychologically,
1: there can also be this feeling of dread, edginess, irritability,
0: and behaviorally which can be quite extreme.
1: You might either find yourself in a very heightened zone where you are restless, you are doing things to take up that excess energy, or you might find yourself very shut down. You are conserving energy, just about barely managing to function. This is really how everybody experiences anxiety. And uh, we often feel that it's only a thought. But it is really not like that. We experience it with the whole body.
0: And Purba says that everybody experiences anxiety. It keeps us going. But the degree of that experience varies from mild to rather extreme.
1: Many of us have healthy tolerance for anxiety, for uncertainty. Some of us manage to be in in certain jobs or or in certain family situations which otherwise are very anxiety-provoking. But it is well within the tolerance window. You know, we are able to tolerate it.
0: But some of us have very small windows of tolerance for anxiety, which can be a problem.
1: The smallest of challenges can trigger them into this very difficult experience in the mind and the body.
0: So, basically, Purba says that anxiety exists as a spectrum. Let's understand that a little more.
1: In popular language, we tend to exchange the words worry and anxiety, right? So worry and anxiety are very close cousins. Perhaps on the spectrum, we can say that worry is on the lowest part of the spectrum. The spectrum, you can imagine it like a ruler, like a scale. Your worries and, and your everyday uncertainties, we all manage that. And that falls on the lower end of the scale. And perhaps on the higher end of the scale are things like chest pain. And the feeling mm. it will evoke in your body and your mind is will definitely fall on the higher side. Now, many of us function in a certain tolerance window, which you can also imagine it like a window with a frame through which when you look out, the world seems a safe place. You can manage your relationships, you can manage your job, you are okay with your home life, with your home activities, and many things lie around this window frame, which when it gets into your frame of tolerance, it imbalances you.
0: Let's understand this through an example.
1: It could be in this pandemic, you know, your ex-girlfriend suddenly sending you a text message. Somebody you have blocked out, some relationship that you thought you were over. Suddenly there is a trigger from the past. Out of nowhere, you find yourself into this full-blown state of panic, of restlessness, of edginess, and you don't know what to do about it. You cannot... Rationalize yourself into getting back to a relaxed state. For some people, the act of going down to get groceries can be extremely anxiety provoking. Something that you and me will think, is me kya hai? You know, there are clear rules right now, and if we follow them, we'll be fine. But people who have a very shrunk tolerance window will find these daily activities very, very dysregulating.
0: And Purba says this can interfere with their daily functioning. So, let's say the act of getting groceries from the store
1: can actually spin the whole day out of control because the feeling in the body continues through the whole day. restlessness is there, the edginess is there, the feeling of dread is there and it just doesn't seem to go away.
0: And that is the place where one needs to learn how to get back into the window of tolerance or what Purba calls a green zone.
1: A zone which is soothing, which is peaceful, which is calm. So in that sense, it is a spectrum because uh, many of us have great tolerance for very anxiety-provoking situations and we are fine, we don't need external help. But some of us will need help even with very basic things.
0: Again, let's look at some examples.
1: Some people might find it very hard to simply get out of bed because they are so consumed by thoughts of getting infected and they are perhaps reading too much about the pandemic talking to friends who are discussing too much about it and the feeling of dread just gets worse and worse. So they might freeze.
0: Purva says that anxiety doesn't exist as an isolated experience.
1: It is often associated with many other conditions that we feel. uh, Most commonly depression as well. And that's where intervention is required.
0: So now that we know what it is, Let's understand what are some of the causes of anxiety.
1: It is very difficult to pinpoint causes. It can be a combination of things and sometimes uh, there is no clear picture why as well. But some of the common causes could be past trauma certain experiences through the growing up years that have not been processed. And uh, it could also be certain behavioural patterns that you have learned from perhaps your family setup, the dynamics between the people in your family have either been very anxiety provoking for you and your body has used the anxiety state as a coping mechanism.
0: For instance, if there's a lot of fights or verbal abuse happening between the parents of a child, one of the ways the child manages this
1: is to shut it down by blocking it out. And the body gets into an anxious state. So that takes him away from the rumination and the focus on the parental bickering and allows the child to get then focused on the body because now the body feels very uncomfortable. You know, there are aches and pains all over or, or you know, the rational mind is not thinking. So these are patterns that come from childhood
0: and what was perhaps a coping mechanism at some point becomes a pathological situation as we grow older. Now they don't serve any purpose, but you may still carry that behaviour.
1: Perhaps any loud sound, or perhaps when your wife raises her voice to make a point, it just triggers you into that same state that you felt as a child. And then you can't rationalise why it happened. These kind of patterns are there in anxiety states and we, we do absorb it a great deal from the environment as well.
0: We'll be right back. Welcome back. We've seen how anxiety is part of a big spectrum of psychological conditions and how it affects people. But how do most people experience it what kind of behavior do they exhibit?
1: They have a cluttered headspace. They have too much going on in their mind. It's like as if they've switched on a light in their brains and it just is not getting switched off. What began as a coping mechanism Just stay. So the anxiety state in the brain is on the whole day. Patients will often come saying that when I'm with my friends, let's say I'm having a night out with my girlfriends and we are joking and enjoying, but I just can't connect. Because I'm still feeling that edginess, that discomfort in the body, that, that sense of dread. It is, it is really an indication that the anxiety state in the brain has not switched off.
0: And this sometimes leads to a situation that a lot of us have experienced. A panic attack.
1: Sometimes it may emerge as a panic attack, perhaps, in a very benign situation, you know, when things are going all right and something suddenly triggers you and you don't even know what has triggered Many clients will come with complaints of not being able to sleep, losing the appetite for food and also not being able to function professionally. They just about manage to stay afloat in the job and they also find it difficult to manage their relationships in the office.
0: And that may become a concern both for the person as well as their employers. Talking about workplaces, many people have said that they've seen women being impacted by anxiety way more than men. Now, as absurd as it may sound, I asked Purba if anxiety impacts any particular gender more than others and which age group gets impacted more.
1: There is some research that tells us that it affects women more and young people more. Women, particularly in our country's context, they have more expectations that they are dealing with. There is also a greater degree of violence on women. There's a greater uh, documented evidence of sexual abuse. So all these are linked. And like I said, anxiety is a coexisting state with many experiences in life. So that definitely puts women in a more vulnerable bracket. And also there is, I think, there is some evidence that links it to hormonal changes and things like that.
0: For younger people, there's another big reason for getting impacted more. And we've all been through it. Peer pressure.
1: Peer pressure in today's times where there is so much presence on social media from such a young age can be extremely anxiety-provoking. for children. And it hits them at an age when their brains are still developing and they just don't know how to manage it. And what happens then is that, you know, these states become lifelong patterns.
0: So when you say young people, like what kind of an age group are we talking about? How young are these young people that you're mentioning?
1: I would indicate towards the adolescent age group. It is a time when they see themselves as separate from their parents and their families. And they are desperately trying to create a sense of self. And the sense of self at that age is coming more from the peer group rather than from the family And the peer group can be very um, unpredictable.
0: Urba says there's a lot of group behavior at this age.
1: When groups are formed, it is very difficult for people to step in and and new people to form friendships. So many people fall out. They find themselves with no friends. Uh, They find it very difficult to manage and, and sustain some of their friends that they've managed to make. And this anxiety is very crippling. This anxiety of not belonging So, there's a lot
0: on their plate. What can parents do in this situation? Simple. Talk to your kids more. Try to understand what's going on with them. Be a friend to them. Okay, moving ahead. In times such as this, a pandemic there's an overload of information. Social media, news channels, newspapers. There's just so much of it. And to top it all, a lot of it is incorrect information. Fake news, as some call it. And this adds to a person's anxiety levels. And there has to be a way to deal with it, right?
1: The first way to counter it is to consciously get away from reading so much. And we are very vulnerable to fake information. So I would say for people who have anxiety... Cut off the news reading.
0: And if there is a specific concern, speak to a human being. Your friend, family members, people you trust will give you correct information.
1: If you're taking information from people you have a connection with, the information also flows through that filter of that relationship and it is better received rather than reading it from a screen.
0: Alright, let's switch gears a bit. Since the time the COVID 19 pandemic has started, there are reports of more and more people coming forward with anxiety related problems. They are contacting their therapists a lot more than they used to. That's because the uncertainty around our lives has shot up. Many of us are worried if we'll still have our jobs, if the stores will open, if we'll be able to go out and not catch the virus. In short, we are back to managing our survival. But says,
1: This is a very valid anxiety that will trigger even a person who otherwise has not experienced anxiety or has not experienced anxiety to the extent that they have sought help for it. And we are not even talking about people who have already lost their jobs. We are not even talking about the migrants, you know, who we keep reading about every day. To give it due credit. The situation is meant to trigger anxiety but also we again have to still function in our green zone because our lives go on
0: but what happens when all this changes when it goes back to normal or somewhat close to the normal we've known
1: as the situation improves and as as the lockdown also phases out a large chunk of these people will actually fall back into the green zone where they are managing themselves far better and, but we will still have that chunk uh, who already had anxiety, you know, even in a regular situation, and who have experienced um, unmanageable spikes during this period.
0: So there's a lot of hope once things get better. But for now, we are facing the pandemic, and we'll face it for some more time to come. We'll come back and talk about how to deal with anxiety in this pandemic. I'll come back Since the time this pandemic started and the whole world went into lockdown, a lot of people suddenly found themselves confined in their homes. Some of these people are absolutely alone, in isolation with zero human contact. For some, it's been manageable, but for others, it's a nightmare. And there are a few exercises that Purva says can help us cope with this situation.
1: So people who are on their own can actually fall back upon very simple practices. For example, many people have, let's say, a yoga practice or they have a meditative practice where they do some kind of breath observation. Making sure you do something as simple as taking a walk, perhaps in your society if it is allowed, if not even in your house or any space, you know, where you can touch the ground. And preferably if you can do it on bare feet. So that has a huge uh, effect on calming the nervous system. The other way would be also to do certain exercises that help you distance yourself mentally from all these issues.
0: And one of these methods is an action.
1: Action of pushing with your hands. So you just hold your hands in front of you and you push. And you actively imagine that you're pushing. So when you do that, it actually activates all the muscles in your arms and your, and your arm is very active. So you can imagine then pushing away certain thoughts that are eating you up, certain worries that are consuming you through the whole day and just do this act. Or you could imagine a little bubble and you can put your worry in that bubble and imagine it floating away from you till you cannot see it anymore. And keep repeating this.
0: Breath work also helps.
1: Let's say you inhale for five counts and you exhale for double that number. And that way, what you do is you slow down the rate of breathing in your body. You're consciously slowing it down. And that has a calming effect on the nervous system. And the body calms down and the mind quietens down. It's not a permanent solution to an anxiety state. But the best we can do in this situation is to grasp at these tools and keep shifting our body state and our mind state to stay in that green zone where we can at least function in a way that is acceptable to us.
0: For people who have anxiety-related problems, sometimes it becomes very difficult for their family members and for their caregivers to take care of them. It becomes an overwhelming feeling for them. How should they deal with it, especially keeping in mind this pandemic phase?
1: That's a very tricky question because uh, it's also very complex. If you're a caregiver, there has to be a focus on self-care. Because without self-care, you will experience burnout on a daily basis. If you have somebody in the family who has high anxiety or, or any other you know psychological condition, then self-care is the first step because self care means then that you can also draw your boundaries and then you find yourself better able to respond to the person who needs perhaps you know your support if you keep your boundaries consistently then anybody who's experiencing psychological distress will also learn better ways of resilience i can't always uh, depend on my mom if i have an anger outburst so when people hold their own boundaries everybody becomes a little more resilient
0: So, to summarise what Purba has said about managing your mental health during this pandemic. Number one.
1: It is possible to manage anxiety, even in this situation. And the key is to build better tolerance for it. Bring your body back into a relaxed state and that is possible through some of the techniques that are already discussed.
0: Number two. Have safety cues.
1: Safety cues basically means... Something that makes you feel safe. So it could be something as simple as a picture of somebody. It could be a picture of a dear friend. It could be a picture of any god that you believe in. It could be simply a picture of the mountains that you've picked on your last journey. So these safety cues are important. Keep them handy create a little space in your house if it is possible and make that your safety zone and there you can just sit with your safety cue for some time and when you create these safety zones in the house regularly people in the house also know they know not to disturb you they know that you know he or she needs to be left alone at this point
0: number 3 break patterns
1: in order to break the pattern do simple things like stepping out just step out without thinking too much step out for a quick walk Step out for a, uh, you know, little walk in the veranda if possible. Or just outside in the garden pathway if possible.
0: So, there you have it. Purba and I both feel that if you practice and follow these techniques, you can manage your anxiety in a much better way during this pandemic. Thank you so much, Purba.
1: Thank you so much, Priti, for calling me on the show. I feel very privileged that I have this opportunity to reach out to people and to my two pens for the situation. Thank you.
0: This episode was written, produced, mixed, and hosted by me, Prateek Sharma. A big thanks to Purba Sen for all the help and insights. If you have a question for our experts, write to us at mindoverpandemic at motormouthmedia.in. This email address, as well as music and other credits, are in the show notes. You can listen to this show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. On mind over pandemic from Motomouth Podcasts. Motormouth
1: Podcasts.